0: tips <laughs> and well welcome back uh, to the aussie screen printing club sam Ostrom minor from the ministry of shirts here your host i am so sorry it's taken us so long to get the next edition out uh, suffice to say everyone seems to have had covid uh, and we're just busy it's as simple as that um, so really sorry about that but we are back with the tips and traps a podcast, podcast for you today. Uh, the idea behind tips and traps is to help screen printers uh, get going. People that are interested, maybe at a hobby level, or moving up to a semi-professional, or professional level, maybe running out of the garage or the basement or the front living room of their their house, um, but want to want to learn how to get things done a little, perhaps a little bit better. Uh, we've been there, okay. So hopefully, I can impart some things uh, for you that will be helpful to you. Today's topic is is the topic of burning screens, how to burn a screen well. Now look, if you have a look at all the forums online, you will see this question coming up time and time again, how long should I burn my screens for? And there's never been, in my opinion, a definitive answer to this because there are so many variables. What I'm hoping to do with this short podcast today is just explain those variables. The more you understand these variables, and I've got five, there may be some more, uh, but the more you understand them, the more you'll be able to dial in your um, experience, at least, of uh, of burning screens. It's not easy, but once you get it right um, and locked in, um, you'll be you'll be set. There is a lot of trial and error with this, but you've got to understand. What the variables are, and ultimately, you're looking um, for a balance between having a fully exposed screen, not an overexposed screen, on the one hand, and on the other hand, making it easy enough to remove uh, the emulsion that you want to fall out so you can print through it without blowing out the whole screen. There's a bit of a balance, but there's some cool tips and traps that I'm hopefully going to go through here. Before we get started, I want to hit you straight away with one fundamental key thing you need to know. It's the same with most things in life, but throughout the entire process of screen printing, it's absolutely seminal. And that is this. You need to have control of every single aspect of the process around this. So if you're doing anything where you can't really have control over the variables like for example using the sun to expose your screen um, then you're going to have varied results it's as simple as that so if you're able to really get control of the variables I'm trying to explain now and then you'll be able to dial it in and get it right and you can get it right we run it um, to the second on our settings but I want you to to understand these so you can get it dialed in. Well, what are the variables? Well, I'm going to talk quickly about exposure unit type from the sunlight to the LED. I'm going to talk about screen meshes. These are very important. Emulsion types, how you apply the emulsion, which makes a big difference, the kind of scoop coder that you're using, and last but not least, if I remember, um, how you blow out a screen. The technique for blowing out a screen. So let's get cracking. So first point then, first variable to consider is your exposure unit type. What kind of exposure unit or system or light are you using uh, to expose your screens? There's lots of different ways and different systems. There's the halogen light system, there's the sunlight system, the fluorescent tubes, the UV black light tubes, metal halide, which is the old traditional format uh, light that's used, and understanding how those lights differences work is kind of important, but you don't need to get into the the whole kind of light spectrum understanding of it, Um, but recognising the most powerful ultraviolet light in the cosmos is, or at least in our solar system, is the solar, is the sun. And so if you're using the sunlight to expose a screen where you might have your coded screen, you put your film positive down on top, perhaps you put a bit of glass on the top of that to hold it down, and you take it out into the sunlight. You've really, if it's a bright day, depending on where you are in the cosmos, all right, if you're in Australia, you on a bright day, you've basically got five, 10 seconds maximum to expose your screen. So if you get that wrong, that variable slips and slides around, And you're not going to be able to control that very well. Some people do that. It's a free form of light, certainly during the daytime, obviously. Um, But it's very risky and it's hard to control. So you might want to start with that. But to be blunt, I wouldn't do that. Um, Where do we start? I did try and expose some screens in the sunlight in Australia. And uh, most of the time I couldn't blow out the screen. So it tells you about overexposing uh, being a very big issue. With, with using the sunlight. We then moved to the, the kind of next level that people often go to, and that's by getting a halogen light. We went down to our hardware store, went to Bunnings, and we got a hardware. We got a, ha- a halogen light. I can't recall how much it cost. And we did the same thing. We had the screen inside, obviously, in a, in a darkened room, um, with the film positive on the top, with a piece of glass on the top of that, and the halogen light above it just uh, uh, pointing down towards it, and look, this worked quite well once we got it dialed in. When particularly the, the issue with that was the distance between the uh, the screen and the the halogen light, and obviously the time that you exposed for. And look, I don't know, we went through tons and tons and tons of screens until I got this right. And I think from memory it was around ten minutes or so um, on the kind of um, emulsion that we were using I'll comment on that in a moment but again it wasn't easy to get right and you could easily get that timing a little bit wrong and if your emulsion wasn't quite right it was hard to blow out again or it was easy to overexpose a screen but that is you know a relatively cost-effective way to start the next level up is to perhaps uh, build your own um, uh, exposure unit we did this and we built a just a, a small kind of coffin like box um, and we put black light UV lamps in it and um, we put I think from memory it was a three or five mil thick piece of glass above that and then we used to put the screen down on that with the asset, with the um, film positive between the screen and the glass put a lid down on it pressed it down and expose that and that was around 10-12 12 minutes if I remember correctly and that worked pretty well uh, you do have issues with that kind of light the way the spectrum works um, but it, it was fine and we kind of have it still somewhere we don't use it at all now but we're kind of pleased that we use it. we use that for a couple of years I'd say or maybe a bit less but certainly we did hundreds, thousands of screens on that um, the next level up and the traditional level is to use what's called a metal halide lamp and they're big bulbs uh, about four or five hundred bucks a piece and they have a very particular spectrum of light and they're very good Uh, we we have a a big exposure unit with one of those in that um, has served us faithfully it makes a terrible racket and it takes about 20 minutes for the bulb to warm up before you can use it Um, but it works well and again Um, I'll maybe talk about timing at the end of this but it takes a long time to expose certain types of emulsion with those but they're the traditional form, they're used all the time Uh, we now use perhaps the the kind of next level which is the LED ultraviolet light Uh, we use an Anatole exposure unit for that it's quiet, it's simple, it's very accurate there's lots of lovely settings on it Um, you can set different types of screens up very quickly and it records things yeah, how many screens have you done what's the the light uh, hours and so on um and there i'd say they're certainly comparable to a, to a metal halide light in terms of performance but much easier to use and certainly heaps quicker so that you've got to consider what you're going to go for and obviously the further along that list you go the more expensive it becomes what i would say if you're starting out get a halogen lamp um Experiment with the distance between that um, film and the glass and obviously the screen and um, get that distance. I mean, I think from memory, we probably had a foot and a half to two feet gap. You probably could go a bit closer and then just nail in, uh, dial in the time that you expose it for in the dark. One quick tip on that is if you're going to do that, what it means is there's a gap um In your screen underneath between between the underneath of the screen and the and the table surface that you're on try and black that out put something dark in that so there's no light bouncing around and going underneath the screen as well start with that maybe move to the fluorescent tubes or metal halide or even create your own um, LED one there's plenty of videos online that you can see on how to build those sorts of things but that's a, a primary consideration Variable number one. Variable number two is screen mesh. And a lot of people don't realize this, but the um, mesh count in a screen and the color of the screen makes a difference in terms of uh, exposure time. Let's start with mesh counts. It's a very simple rule. The lower the mesh count, the longer you're going to need to expose. So if you're running, let's say, 39T screens and you're running... 90 t screens at the other uh, extreme um, they will not be exposed at the same time so the time it takes to expose the 39 might be a minute let's say whereas the time to expose a 90 t might be uh, 20 seconds for example so recognize that what i mean most people are probably going to start with 43 t screens and they're great Um, but if you do have different ones recognize that they uh, will take different amounts of time. And the reason for that is very simple. The higher the mesh count, generally, the less emulsion that there is on the screen. And because of that, it exposes quicker. So the lower the mesh count, the more emulsion there is on the screen, the longer it's gonna expose. And you'll learn that as you uh, coat your, uh, your screens. So bear that in mind, they're not the same, and one might take longer or will take longer than the other. Um, The colour of uh, mesh matters too. There's basically two colours in the industry. One is white and the other is yellow. And why you might say are the yellow ones? Well, quite straightforward. White deflects light. It doesn't absorb light, it deflects light. And so if you use a white screen, often you'll have light bounce around more. It might expose a little bit quicker, um, but it often doesn't give you the sharpest edge on your stencil, when you come to print, you might notice that. So a lot of people go for yellow mesh. We use yellow mesh and that prevents the light bouncing around uh, too much uh, with that. Again, yellow mesh is quicker. Sorry, I've got that run the wrong way. White mesh is quicker than yellow mesh. So if you've got different colors of mesh and different mesh counts, you need to work out, you know, how, how long should I do this one for? Because there's a higher mesh count and it's a, it's a yellow screen, so they're, they're variables. you need to consider. Variable number three, emulsion types. Understanding emulsion is a bit tricky. Maybe I can do a tips and traps session on that at some point. There's lots of variables within the different kinds of emulsion. Um, So to cut to the chase on this at the moment, I would not use a fast cure emulsion if you're just getting started. When you get into full production mode and you're running commercially, then you're going to want a fast cure emulsion. The best way to start is um, using a dual cure emulsion and what that does is it gives you a longer window of error a a larger margin of error so you've got a bigger exposure time uh, that you can fall between then it will still work fine and that's a great way to start and you'll find that you uh, can dial that in pretty well too so there just to clarify there that dual, um, dual cure emulsions are the ones where you actually put the diazo, the powder into um, a water solution and then you pour that into the emulsion and you mix it up and never breathe that powder in by the way. Um, but that's a separate point. Um, and then you, you use that on your on your screens. Um, I probably should put some notes up in the, in the comments on the description of this uh, podcast podcast to help you choose those we use different kinds here but we don't use dual cure at all now we use a different one but that matters because you want to give yourself the widest span so for example if you have a fast cure quick cure emulsion and you're trying to expose screens in the sun forget it she's not going to work it's simple as that it's not going to happen so uh, that's a really important consideration Um, with with working on it use a dual cure with sensitizer to get going Uh, variable number four is all about how thick you put that emulsion on now with a proper professional um, scoop coater you're going to find that there's a, a sharp edge and a kind of rounded edge and the rounded edge will lay down a lot more emulsion than the sharp edge so my advice is when you're getting going just use the sharp edge it'll be thinner use it um what's the correct word consecutively use it the same way in all your screens and um don't worry about that emulsion being too thick to begin with thick emulsion people like thick emulsion because it allows you to get a thicker stencil which allows you in theory although in practice it doesn't always work to push through more ink so if you're putting let's say a white ink down on a dark garment you're going to want quite a chunk of ink and then you want to uh, flash it and then you want to print it again to get a nice solid block of, of white ink as you move along the process you'll actually want to make that thinner but anyway that's why people create larger uh, thicker um, levels at layers of emulsion some people uh, will do one scoop on one side one scoop or coat on the other side And then we'll turn it around and they'll do the same again some people even do that and they let them dry and then they come back and put other um, levels down i think there's a there's a law of diminishing returns at some point with that what do we do we'll we'll burn i'm going to say we use 50 30 50 sometimes more screens a day and we'll just do one and one if we've got a really big print run thousands of, of garments we will do more than one and one because we want those screens to last longer in the print one run. But if it's 50, 100, 250, maybe even 500, we'll just do one um, coat on either side, put it in the rack to dry and get those um, on the press. So yeah, think about the thickness that you apply the emulsion on. One quick tip, if, if you've got several people... Um, Working in the print shop, you probably and you're not using a, an auto coding machine. You're doing it manually. You're probably going to want to use the same person because they'll consistently, once they know how to do it, um, put the same amount on. If you have five different people and five um, different days when they're doing, you know, each person is is coding screens, then they're going to be really variable, and then your timing is going to change. And so you want to keep that really consistent, which is why they have auto. Um, coding machines now that just do it the same every time on every screen but there's a little tip there and uh, and it's you know good to kind of have the same person now i said that i say that it used to be me in our business um i was the guy that did the um scoop coding um and that was great except that when you've got that many screens after a while you don't have time and it's exhausting doing it, it might sound a bit ridiculous but it is um, and now we have someone else that's trained up just to do that job and he does that brilliantly uh, but we don't allow anyone else, even me now uh, to coat a scoop to scoop coat a screen that was easy for me to say um, so point number five is the scoop coater. and make sure you get a good one don't try and make your own one that's probably going to rip through a screen but buy a proper one, it's a good investment they're not a lot of money 30 bucks or something and you get a proper one And when you really get into it, you want a thicker stencil, use that rounded side and you'll see uh, that you can lay down a lot more emulsion on that. But get a proper one. And lastly, point number six, variable number six. um, Learn how to blow out a screen carefully. I've heard lots and lots of stories about this and people uh, like to use different um, devices to do it. We just use a standard uh, pressure washer. Um. And what we do, and this is probably really important, um, when a screen c- comes out of the uh, exposure unit, we take it straight to the washout booth and we get the jet wash on on mild, nothing heavy, and we really put a lot of water on that screen. We want to get that emulsion that's not been exposed really quite wet. We want to cool it if it's got hot. But also we want to stop it exposing so don't just dab a little bit of water on it put plenty of water on it Do, do the, the front side or the, the, the inkwell side and the substrate side and get it wet get it plenty wet and then leave it for a while okay I say a while it could be a minute two minutes don't let it dry obviously because it's exposing and then it won't blow out but make sure it's pretty wet don't go to the screen the first time and just think you're gonna blow it out that's just not gonna happen uh, with any kind of safety or integrity of the stencil and then come back to it and just a few tips in here you know ramp up the pressure a bit and just starting on the back on the inside on the inkwell um, so not the side that, that goes on the garment and just blow lightly and just check that the um, emulsion that's going to come away is indeed starting to come away okay check that it's actually falling out but don't blow hard from that side because most of the emulsion sits on the base on the underside of the screen so when you when you coat your screen you're going up one side you're going up the inside and then you're putting your screen in the rack face down that's to say the side the substrate side that touches the garment is down what will happen is the um, emulsion will kind of seep through a little bit and so it'll be thicker on the bottom than it is on the top so if you blow hard from the inside from the top side you will blow out the stencil all right so um, just not too heavy but just check that the uh, emulsion's coming off turn it around ramp up the pressure a bit and start blowing it out now i have a personal rule about this i don't kind of just blow it out like crazy and move the the so-called wand of the uh, the pressure washer uh, up and down like that. I just actually start from the top and come down, start from the top and come down. If there's any emulsion that doesn't come out straight away, I just leave it. I just keep going till I got to the end of that stencil and then I just start again. And you'll probably find residual emulsion will just fall out on that second pass. The more you hit the edge of the stencil, which is the bit where it blow out first, if it's going to, with water the more you hit that with water the the weaker it becomes if you can do it in one pass which is what most of our guys do that's that's perfect obviously as long as you don't spend ages hitting one bit we just move it over slow and steady be methodical about it let it rest for maybe a few seconds or or longer come back and do it again it'll literally just fall out And the last thing you want to do is to lift your screen up make sure there's real light behind it and excuse me see through it and just check there's no residue bits of emulsion. One other tip to give you with this. If your screen is underexposed, on the bottom side, the side that the light hits, it's likely to be more exposed than it is on the other side. So that means that in in the case of all exposure, the inside of the screen So the ink well side where the ink goes is going to be less exposed than the other side you can find out first thing when you hit your first screen just soft with the water on the back if the emulsion itself starts to run and you can even just move your finger across it if you can feel like the scummy slimy bit of emulsion it means your screen is underexposed doesn't mean you don't you can't use it for small runs but you don't want that you want that to be exposed you want it to be tough and strong on the back but that's a key thing to look out for if of course it's really tough and strong and you can't blow out the actual uh, stencil then you've overexposed your screen to the point where you can't uh, blow it out but so remember i said at the beginning you want to kind of dial in um, that uh, bit between being overexposed and underexposed that's a really good way of finding out how that works and whether it's working correctly for you. So there are the six variables that you need to kind of think about and watch for. What would my advice be if you're starting out and you're doing it on a budget uh, to get this right? Well, let's trip through these things. First of all, what kind of exposure unit or form of exposure of UV light are you gonna have? Well, start with the halogen light. As I said, we did tons and tons and tons and tons of screens. For well over a year with that served us well we discovered that on high detail jobs we needed more accuracy and that's you know, when we started doing half tones and those kind of things we, we found that we had to go for something a bit better but start with that okay keep, keep it simple measure the height work on the timing I'd, I'd say if you're using a dual cure you probably want to move with variables of 10 20 seconds so if it's not working at a minute Try minute 20, minute 30, minute 40 and so on, right up to whatever you need to go to. And then start pulling it back by 10, 20 seconds. And you'll get it to a point where you dial it in pretty successfully each time. So that will be the first thing if you're starting out, start with a halogen lamp. Get some good glass. Obviously make sure that your um, um, film has a very dark um ink on it that's another variable now I think about it I guess that's variable number seven make sure that your ink um, that gets laid down on the film is super thick use a good printer for that Um, and obviously get that glass right get the distance right make sure there's something dark underneath that screen so the light can't bounce around Um, I wouldn't worry too much right now about going for screen meshes that are yellow whites fine it's usually cheaper keep a standard screen make sure your screens are all the same for now unless you're doing something very very detailed in which case you will need to go for a higher mesh count but maybe start with the 43T's or the 110's depending on whether you're metric or living in the last century. Um, so that that's another variable I'd say. Um, emulsion type use a dual cure diazo sensitizer emulsion to get started and just don't go crazy coating it just try and get one coat one side one coat the other side okay if it doesn't work out well maybe hit it again but don't put too much down and then what I'd recommend is you just start trial and error with those timings you will know when you come to blow out that screen whether you're getting it right often people think uh, when things fail at the point where they're blowing out the screen in their washout booth or the bath or whatever people are using, that they often think they've overexposed the screen, but actually, often they've underexposed it. So, make sure you're going the right direction. If it's too scummy or it's blowing out, increase the time that you expose, basically. Well, that was a bit nerdy. I hope that was helpful uh, for people getting started or trying to move on. Feel free to leave some questions or comments, uh, happy to, to answer any that you may have. But for now, thanks very much for listening. The Aussie the Aussie screen screen printing. Printing